So yeah, uh, book five. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's safe to say we all really enjoyed it. And we're super excited yes. for it to come out so we can start yelling about it more publicly. Yeah, I um, I basically rewrote half of that. <laughs> really? Oh my yeah. God, tell us everything. Wow. Um, well, you know, originally I had this idea that I was going to... Um, really sort of highlight and I, some people have even talked about it and I just sort of laughed uh go into some really like nitty-gritty detail in the relationship between um Relosvar and Sarek you know back when they were younger and how it turned into this very toxic thing um and you know I, I probably wrote like I don't know not, I guess it's not half but it was like 60,000 words that was through there um, about this relationship. And my editor's like, this isn't working. She was right. (laughs) She was right. It wasn't working. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to rip that all out. And, but in writing in rewriting that and coming up with a new storyline to put in there in replace of that, it changed everything else. Yeah. I probably rewrote half of the book. Um. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm fine with that. Um, sometimes you gotta be willing to just do that to make the book what it needs to be. So well, and I think that that dynamic still shines through. I mean, the book is ultimately about those two, and especially that climax at the end is so much about yeah. them and their relationship. And I felt I never felt like that was lacking by any means. You certainly have a sense of what the stakes are and how they feel about each other and. Yeah, but it was just, it was a pacing issue. It was really just a pacing issue. The, the, um, you know, I'd get a, I'd get a good sense of tension going and then one of those scenes would just kill it dead. Um, so, um, you know, yeah, it, it, it just, it didn't work. Someday, you know, I'll, I'll put that together and do a novella or something that is, um, that is just um, Sarek and, uh, and Rivark. I think that we would be, overjoyed to see that i think one of the things that we talk about is how much we're interested in the past of the world Mm -hmm. um even though everything is so intensely focused on like the next day the next week the next month like it's very short timelines but you know i think we all got very excited to think about a book series about the war of the voices or with revarik um or with the world that came before yeah yeah no um i'm I think for Rune of Kings, for the first book, my editor kept asking me, do you, have you written this, you know, the affair of the voices? Have you written? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, no, no, I haven't. I just, I know what happened. And, you know, this is my three musketeers. uh, Yes. Story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, It was, it was absolutely three musketeers. (laughs) Um, You can, you can pretty much go through and go "Mm, that one, that one, that one. this is that character this is that character you know uh corn was uh porthos and um theron was aramis and uh d'artagnan was was sandus and um uh last one why am i blanking on the last one athos Athos. that's right yeah athos was um was nikali um including with the the whole secret background <laughs> oh yeah that's right isn't it <laughs> um so that was always fun you know that was that was fun to do to sort of do this the parents 
had a period of time where they too were going to make the world a better place and, you know, be righteous and do all this other stuff. And then they fell into the way of boomers, you know, and <laughs> ended up being part of the system. So yeah. that resonated really uh, strongly yeah. <laughs> as part of another generation that is, you know, failing to maybe address the issues. Like, I don't, I don't know that that ever stops being relevant. No, I don't think it does. There are a lot of other threads that going forward, um, do you think that we're going to see stories about the continuation of the world now that we've talked about the the past of it? Well, I mean, you know, uh, the traditional thing to do would be to come back in 20 years, not me in 20 years, the book in 20 years and, uh, you know, and pick up with Tavi and uh, Janelle and Kieran's kid and um, uh, the the second Nikali and um, I think uh, Javon's granddaughter. Yeah. Javon's granddaughter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those, are the, those are the four babies <laughs> running around um, and, you know, watch them also do their, you know, new generation thing. Um, because of course the one thing I didn't wrap up, well, there's a, there's a bunch of things I didn't wrap up, but the big thing I didn't wrap up is there's still eight dragons running around. Um, so that was the next question. <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that, that's still a problem. That's, that's still a problem. So, um, not, not going to necessarily go away and, and for that matter, not necessarily going to go away, even if, um, they go and reunite yes. each of those dragons mm-hmm. with their cornerstones. Um, because while, um, some of the, some of the people, that went through that ritual. Um, I and Arik in particular are not bad people. Um, that's not true for all of them. There, there's a, there's a couple of them who actually are just, we're always terrible people. And even if they're cured, they're still going to be terrible people. They're just going to be relos var level, terrible people, um, who can change into dragons. On top of that, it was, it was, uh, you know, I think none of us, we had our prediction article of like what would happen in this book. And I don't think any of us predicted that the sigils would have come from dragons yeah. and that there are, there are dragons that left and they had their own eight immortals. Like none of us saw that coming. And we were like, where did the dragons <laughs> go? <laughs> they were here and now they're gone. But they're gone. Oh, and where, so what happened where to did them? They go? Where did they go? Especially because they weren't from here to begin with, right? Like they <gasps> came here from someplace else, stopped and went, oh, sorry, didn't realize this place was <laughs> occupied. <laughs> left. Just the most polite dragons you could ever want. Mm. Yep, yep. Um, presumably of a very different character than than the ones that uh that Relosvar accidentally created. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that um, that all magic is sigil magic. You just okay. don't realize it because of how it's set up. So um, it, it was one of those things where uh, I remember every once in a while, I'll, uh, somebody will say like, oh, you know, the, the magic system's all over the place. I'm like, ah, it's not, but <laughs> I'm not going to. You know, there's there's nobody in a position to be able to unravel how it's not. So it's fine. You can go ahead and think that that I have made a really <laughs> um, all over their magic system. Well, it's fine. 
Um, <laughs> That's going to affect the next time we reread these books. Yeah. Like, oh, this is sigil magic. This is sigil magic. Ooh, well, okay, I should say it's, I should say it's sigil magic, and it's um, it's also uh, I, I obviously sympathetic magic is all over the place. Right. So. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, it's and it's part and parcel of why um the the dangers of spell casting you know that that um why certain people have uh advantages when it comes to there's a whole lot of stuff that's that's not like clear and uh, again nobody's in a really position to make it clear but the idea of casting a spell that requires a very specific train of thought requires a very specific kind of thinking um means that there is which i do touch on there's some magic that by its very nature is mentally degrading um mentally corrupting um can you know if you have to have a specific train of thought that's almost psychopathy in order to cast a particularly a certain kind of spell then if you're having to do this all the time that's going to have an effect on you um and it's not going to be a good effect um so there's a there's a bunch of that sort of stuff running around too i love that and i don't think it's a a bad thing to have a magic system that it's magic right it's not science it's meant to be a little mysterious like it's fine if if magics have systems but if they don't like I right. think it's I think it's thrilling uh, I, to see, like, well, that, wow! I didn't know you could do that. That that was the thing I wanted, right? When I sat down and I actually have my notes from this, I was like, one of the first notes was magic is physics, and I did by that I didn't mean that that um, that it's all science that people haven't quite yet discovered right. the rules for. It's this idea that there are magical laws of the universe that are beyond people's ability to comprehend and so it's it's watching the shadow against the cave um it's you're you're going to be creating these rules based on um what is perceived um the the, the magical effects but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the the real rules right and just like you have um continual waves of science trying to uncover what physics is you would have continual waves of people of magicians trying to uncover the rules of magic and not necessarily succeeding it's a lot to think about yeah Um, like it i I think because i i think that's true though i think i think there is a there is a value from the ineffability of magic right the idea that you can't always understand all of how it works um, and I know there is definitely um, a, a, not a small percentage of fantasy readers, a fairly good chunk of fantasy readers that want very clear, defined magic systems. I think that's very comforting to people, and I don't knock it at all. But um, but that wasn't what I wanted. Well, also, it's like like if sixty percent of the magic system is explained each person reading it will like be able to like the way I will fill in that extra 40% that is unknown. Another reader will interpret it a different way. And so there's a lot of room to like each reader to imagine it in a different way. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I think uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of power in in just um, fiction in general in in negative space, you know, in in being able to figure out the shape of things through what isn't there. So. You know, I have to use my imagination reading this fantasy novel. <laughs> Weird. It's not what I signed up for. Um, speaking of uh, psychopaths, uh, what's up with the other mimics? Are they all still running around? <laughs> like They are all still running around. Yeah. Um, obviously, you only get to meet, and spoilers, you only get to meet two of them. Um, that was one of the predictions you got, though. You 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 specifically yes. said yes that, oh, yeah. that, we that Relisvar yeah. would have a mimic working yes, for Josh him. I was like, that. yep, yep. Josh said that. And I was yep. like, yep, yeah, he, he got that completely Josh got right. A surprising amount. Yeah, right? don't give us credit. Just give Josh it's all credit. Josh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that yes yes Relisvar would have a mimic working for him. Yeah. They're just too useful. Yeah. Um, but I I suspected that most people wouldn't guess who that mimic was. So. I think the one I'm most proud of is the the demons one. Like I just had a feeling that demons yeah. were not demons that could, we had discussed it because like uh, uh, so on the episodes yeah. we recorded, the question that would come up would be like, "What are demons?" Yeah. And right. as like we were in that period between House of Always and Discord of Gods, it I thought like, "Oh, demons must be people in some way because." Thinking of Janelle, mm-hmm. she didn't seem different yeah. right. afterwards. So it, there must have been... And then when that reveal happens in the book, I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, um, that was that was another thing when I started off the series that I, I kind of... Rules that I made for myself was that um, with with two exceptions, and those would be um, the Daughters of Laka and True Dragons, uh, that all of the monsters in the books um, without exception would either be humans or would be created by humans that there would not be any others running around that, that would all have that same origin. So, um, so yeah, yeah, that was, that was uh, demons. So, yeah. Humans. And morally the only true bad guys are, humans i guess because the daughters of laka i loved that twist i was like now i'm just looking yeah. for my girlfriend it <laughs> was wonderful yeah um yeah no um that was uh that was a lot of fun um and uh i i couldn't quite help it i had to throw a little bit of uh you know uh let's let's throw some let's throw some commentary about colonialism sure why not oh yeah um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You also have a lot of commentary about gender. And I saw that you mentioned on Twitter, like you draw from, you know, the the wide world of biology that is not at all dualistic. Did you go in thinking about a lot of the, the gender expressions or did it just kind of pop up when, when specific characters came in? You know, I had, um, I had the Voromir uh, with their sequential hermaphrodism. That's uh, what it is. Okay. Um, sequential hermaphrodism, um, the idea that everybody is born male and then as they get older, gradually uh, become female. Um, I had that from the start and I knew that I wanted that from the start. Jorah 
was not a thing that I had from the start. Um, Yeah, no. Uh, Jorat was supposed to be a very different place than how it ended up. Um, I like to joke that I've had characters rebel and do their own thing on me uh, on occasion, but that was the first time I had a society do it. (laughs) 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 Where just the whole society went, no, we're not. That's, that's not how we want to, you know, because I, I was, they were going to be very, they were going to be Corin, they were going to be Western Corin, you know, Eastern Corin to match Western Corin, but they were still going to be misogynistic and they were going to be all these other things. And I was like, well, what if they have, um, they're still going to have gender problems. They're still going to have um, a binary gender system that, that doesn't deal well with people who won't stay in their lane. Um, it's just, going to be set up by a completely different set of rules than than what we're used to um and as soon as i figured that out the jorties were happy keeping them happy seems like a safe proposition yeah 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 no they uh you know i i thought it was really um i i, I will admit i'm very proud of them I'm, I'm proud of how that turned out um you know, I, I have definitely had people say, point out the flaws of the system, to which I would say, yes, yes, <laughs> it is a, it is absolutely a flawed system. Um, I think that feels very natural, though. It, it might have been um, a little weird, honestly, if, if it was just utopia mm-hmm. and they had um, completely, you know, gotten the we accept everybody and, um, you know, there's no um, there. There's no difficulty with saying, "Oh, you're not acting right. You're not acting right." I mean, Jorat is definitely um, is is a great place if you're a jock, and um, <laughs> it's it's a bad place if you're a nerd, um, which yeah. is bad. We're back around to cone. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, but I feel like that's part of. Uh, what's great about book two is Janelle's arc of like, cause she thinks that system is mm-hmm. uh, idyllic in the beginning. And then it takes this long journey for her to uh, change her views and like, Oh, this is not perfect. Uh, even Cone has to like um, tell Janelle, like there's part of this that you're not seeing. Right. And we see that like over the, the book of, book two like how they discover you know maybe they're right yeah yeah no i I mean i i think that's very human um we we do that all the time where um the even if we think of ourselves as being very um empathic uh it can be difficult to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and really understand um, where they're coming from until that gets pointed out. And that you see that repeated again and again and again. And you, the the labels change, but the the idea is very consistent. So, you know, yeah. Um, you know, Jan- Janelle came from a very specific background and she had no reason to think that there was any sort of problem with that. Um, all of her problems from her point of view, were much more uh, very specific 
things, you know, the demons were a problem. It's, it's not society that's a problem, um, except, yeah, it's, it's actually also society that's a problem. And it would be pretty uncomfortable if there was a utopian society that was also colonized. I, that, that wouldn't say great things. Mm. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, just in general, though, I'm perfectly willing to not say great things about core because, you know, they're. What? It's um, so <laughs> core is um, not great. But, um, you know, so so I could totally see them colonizing and, and stepping all over a, an actual utopian society. Um, that would that would be that would be totally fine. Um, you know, uh, thus, thus, uh, spoilering book five, uh, Tyenso's advice to the, uh, to Morgagi, um, don't, don't leave the empire because, you know, even if I'm not going to invade you, some later emperor is going to think that this is a great opportunity to put a feather in their cap and will do so. So, yeah, Tyenso's like grasping with being, you know, the head now of this insane system that she didn't so much care for for most of her life, and now being responsible for all these people and places. And it's, it's a really great part of, of book five because, oh, yeah, on top of grappling with Relos Var and Gadrith coming back, she's also trying to keep <laughs> this empire together. And there's a, a lot going on. And a I think going in, I, I don't think I would have expected her to actually care enough to like try to keep things together, but she does take that, that, uh, ownership of her role and does try her best to make sure, yeah, like everything doesn't fall apart. And yeah, Tayetsu is an interesting character that, um, that I originally hadn't planned on her to, to leave the misery. <laughs> I mean, she was in book one, she, she wasn't really. Um, but that's she's she's actually a, a perfect example of I've had characters rebel. Mm. Tyenso was definitely um, one of those characters who just like no, I think I'm going to stick around. I'm way too cool for um, this. <laughs> we we love Tyenso. We do. Yeah. I am not going anywhere. Um, and I had not planned for the ending of book one with her. Um, that was that was completely unplanned. That was me you know, finishing up the writing, the climax and realizing what I'd done Nice that, that I had put her in this place where she was about to be in a position where she could just grab the crown and scepter. I, I, I kept, uh, I kept trying to go back to Tyanso, like in book after book, after book, <laughs> I kept trying to go back to Tyanso because it's like all of these really interesting things are happening to Tyanso, mm-hmm. but none of it has anything to do with this story. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah they only, we, we, uh, we noticed the only time she doesn't appear, she's only merely mentioned is in House of Always, but she makes an appearance in every book except yeah, for a, yeah. uh, except for House of Always. And it was like, wonder what Tyenso's up to. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's, yeah. what's Tyenso doing? Yeah. Um, and, and she doesn't appear there because, you know, like there, everybody's either literally left the country mm-hmm. or, um, you know, is just like not doing anything that would get near her. But, um, but yeah. So, so in book five, this idea that I was going to, um, finally be able to get back to what Tyenza has been up to 
Um, but also that she's going to kind of have to come to terms with some things. Because, see, I mean, that's the thing about Tianzo is that um, she's awful. I mean, she's better than her father. Mm. She's better than than a lot of people. Low but bar, she's mm. low bar. It's a very <laughs> low bar. And she doesn't get to just snap her fingers and say, I get to be forgiven for spending decades as a slaver you know right. that that isn't a thing that she just gets to go oh, i'm good now i'm i i regret that um <laughs> oh whoops. yeah you don't get a mulligan on um, that. right yeah. yeah no you you don't get a mulligan on that and i it was really important to me to show that she was going to have to deal with that she she again even in book five didn't always deal with it in the way that i would expect um but that's actually a little bit of her father in her is that she uh, she tends to make take a more direct route to things than people might expect, um, even if it goes against commonly held rules. You know? <laughs> um, I, I can remember for book one, there was a point where I was stuck. I was just stuck. I was absolutely stuck. Um, this was ramping up towards the climax. And um and my husband just kind of looked up and looked over at me and said, I don't understand why Gadger just doesn't start killing people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> why, why doesn't he start killing people? And the answer was, because, of course, because that's not how these kinds of books happen, right? Like the villain might threaten to kill people. He might make some sort of, you know, if you don't cooperate, I'll do X. He doesn't literally start mowing through the family so i was like but gadrith would do that <laughs> he would literally mm -hmm. mow through the family um until you give him what he wants and tyance was kind of like that in mm -hmm. some ways so you never get her to admit it but <laughs> she is so you know she gets the the whole why can't I just declare slavery illegal? Yeah. <laughs> or, or like the glittering feast, like, well, I'll just kill them all. I'll just kill them all. <laughs> that, that one, um, that one, I will admit, I, uh, I was inspired by, um, there's a, there's a very famous story in Roman history of uh, an emperor who did a similar thing, but with rose petals where he, he literally um, suffocated his guests in rose petals just tons and tons of rose petals and uh and i was like i i've got to do something like that <laughs> i've just got to do something like that so um so the the, the glittering feast was was tyanso's little spin on that one um it was good it got a chance to you know bring in um you know uh a certain uh certain royal house uh do their thing and reveal uh, all of the hidden god kings and the nobility <laughs> all of the hidden god kings yeah that was the that was the poor poor tianso uh, yeah. <laughs> no idea and poor shaloran too or yeah. Yeah. oh yeah shaloran oh, um <laughs> theron too just like what wait what <laughs> <laughs> theron who's like often like one step behind everything he's just like oh <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, they, um, I, I've been asked a fair amount of times about that, you know, like, so where are the God Kings? I'm like, well, they're around. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're here. They're here and there. So, but, so that was the thing about the God Kings, right? Is that they too are people. Mm -hmm. 
um, and they have forms, <laughs> they have bodies. So um, they have to be somewhere and they're not going to be somewhere um, where they're not living in a style to which they've been accustomed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so really where else would they be? Um, you know, of course they would be in the, in the Royal courts. Um, see, I did not see that coming. I no, didn't. same. <laughs> nope. Yeah. But it makes sense. Yeah. It totally does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, and thus, you know, the Nemesin bit, which I had had for ages, I, I knew that, that Nemesin had worked his way into being like top dog because he's a bastard. Um, <laughs> he sucks. So, he so sucks. Um, and um, yeah, he's not dealt with either. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got away. And now it's personal. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I suspect that's probably going to end up being Galen and Shaloran's issue. <laughs> that um, something tells me that Galen's going to have to take care of grandpa. Um, <laughs> in, in true Demon fashion. <laughs> but in the family, yeah. you know, it is as, as, as is tradition. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah no that was that was all fun just having to like, hey reveal guess what um yeah. they, they were in the house the whole time <laughs> yeah <laughs> always coming from inside the house yeah. yeah and then the return of gadrith too i mean oh this, this empire is so so haunted by its mistakes i okay when when he, you know the first scene where tyenso like sees him like through a window or something and i was like no it's a mimic or something or it's an illusion somebody's using chain breaker no it was him <laughs> <laughs> once once tyenso made it out of book one was that always the plan that gadrith would find his way back no no it was not it was not the plan. Um, that was real as far as doing. <laughs> and by what I mean by that is every once in a while, I have to kind of step, take a step back and be like, what would, what would real as far do here? <laughs> um, it's the worst friendship bracelet ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause you know, otherwise you, you can, I can get myself a little, it's easy to have something happen because I want it to happen right, right. and not because it makes sense that somebody would actually do that. Um, and in Rollo's Far's case, it's like, yeah, of course, of course he would be Gadrith back. Um, he could, he doesn't have to explain anything and he hates Gadrith. So yeah. it's, it's a win, win, win. And as soon as I realized he would do that, I was like, okay, yeah, cool. So I get to I'll have all this stuff happen because. His, his again, death scene is one of the biggest fist pump moments in all five books, though, like, where you've got Calindra and, like, there's swords and fire, and it's great. I, I had a lot of fun writing that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember somebody, uh, some review uh for book four is like i don't really understand why calendra's there and i'm just like wait yeah. wait for it <laughs> first <laughs> wait off, for it <laughs> <laughs> okay T to be fair she was an absolute massive bitch in book four so <laughs> i i get it i get it she wasn't in a good place no she was, she was in a, a hard time 
Mm-hmm. She was yeah. having a hard time. Yeah. We we like massive bitches here. Yeah. Her husband's dead. <laughs> her god is dead. It's like mm. not a good situation. Yeah. It's trapped. Yeah. It's been it's been a bad couple of months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's something that you you forget sometimes too. Is like uh, most of this takes like other than kind of the first two books, which cover a few years. Most of this takes place in the span of like what a couple months, a year. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, no, no. That that was actually um, I I was laughing. This wasn't intentional. I just was laughing to myself as I was writing the synopsis of book five because it was like well so 14,000 years ago this happened oh yeah <laughs> and and 4,000 years ago this happened and 400 years ago this happened <laughs> and um four uh months ago this happened and four weeks ago this happened and four days ago this happened and and now we're here mm-hmm. <laughs> so um but yeah yeah uh, definitely um it's the the whole of the story in the present tense takes place in four months wow yeah so was that um was that intentional um no the uh, oh no sorry no like the the use of fours like oh yes okay. i mean okay it wasn't it wasn't intentional um in the specifics but uh because of uh the the Volkaroth release schedule uh, yeah. being on a <laughs> mathematical exponential new Volkaroth dropped <laughs> yeah exactly um that kind of had the effect of, of resulting in it, it having that symmetry nice um it was fun and the four so, hell warriors i was just thinking the, yeah yeah of yeah. yeah yeah um well i mean you know one of my original kind of inspirations models when i was really really first first starting the the first book um was tarot Mm. each of the four main characters mapped to uh one of the suites kieran with swords uh thervishar was pentacles uh chanel was uh rods and um teresa's cups so that's that's funny because for our prediction uh, oh, article, yeah. I picked a you know a stock tarot, yeah, you know just for if predictions. I didn't even make that connection. Yep. I was like, oh, no, I really liked that. I really liked that a <laughs> <Yeah>. lot. <laughs> I can I can but, see Tarath as the emotional one. I'm trying to like map it to what I know, which is not very much. But well, I mean, and so cups and water and the emotional one and. Um, you know, uh, all of the things that kind of go with that and, uh, rods or spears as fire and, um, lions and that's Janelle and, um, you know, uh, swords is, um, air and, uh, um, skill and betrayal and, you know, all of those things. Um, and then, you know, pentacles and magic and so, and earth and nice. So yeah, yeah. We knew that this was so. meticulously crafted, but we've been we've just been picking away at the things mm-hmm. that we think are like extremely intentional, and so it's always fun to like see. Oh, there are even more things that you didn't realize yeah. that are intentional. We we've talked a lot about how you know. So we are we are big detail people. Like almost any time we read a book, yeah, especially a shorter book, at the end we'll be like, "Well, I want more," but that's just because we're more people. Like we always want more. But I think one of the things that we've uh, particularly enjoyed about your books is you can enjoy them the first time reading them through, 
you know, it's, it's, they're all excellent stories and everything. And then you can always go back and reread and find a new layer of meaning and detail each time. And that's something that really like, for myself, like pulls me back to a lot of different books and series and stuff. And it's something that's so prevalent in in this series. Like, you know, Josh has read The Name of All Things four times. And the last time we read it, he still found things mm-hmm. that he had noticed before. And not just related to Butterbelly. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it makes me really glad to hear that. I mean, I, I definitely, um, I, I don't know how I would plan for that. So uh, all I can say is I'm, I'm glad it worked out that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> glad it worked out that yeah way. yeah the, the reread the rereadability is very high and that's definitely something that like i know i look for in books a lot so it's mm-hmm. been fantastic yeah even even now like um as we were discussing the cornerstones um it made me realize the catalyst of like kieran of the events of kieran's life began with the stone of shackles mm-hmm. and ended with the stone yeah. of shackles was that intentional Yes. Oh man. Yes, that was absolutely intentional. There there are certain things about the books that that shifted along the way, certain things that weren't planned for. Um, you know, I, I joke a lot about um me trying to kill off Talon. Um <laughs> because I've tried to do it in every book she's in. Um, <laughs> I've tried to kill her off and never succeeded. Um she's but yeah. she's she's tricky. Um but that aspect that it would start with the stone of shackles and end with the stone of shackles um that. that has not changed yeah that was that was always how i wanted to end it it was really important to me that it not end with somebody just sticking a sword in someone else mm-hmm. you know that it that it not end with um the the big battle yeah. even if there was going to be a big battle happening um it needed to be a big battle while the the real battle was happening over here and that real battle needed to be mental, not, um, not physical. And ideally I wanted Relisvar to defeat himself. Oh man. And I think that's so much more satisfying. Yeah. And like, like the idea of like somebody just, yeah. Like sticking a sword through him. It's like, well, that's anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked because you know, he, he is um he is so smart mm-hmm. that um that he had to be his own worst yeah, enemy he right. had to be the guy who took himself out and it had to be because ultimately he doesn't care you know he's somebody who would kill his brother mm-hmm. right and and that's that's what does him in is that he's someone who would kill his brother you know if if he'd been a better person um well if he'd been a better person they they wouldn't be in that situation <laughs> right like i just restarted um memory of souls and the first uh talia chapter has relos far appear and he uh she's like thinking about what relos far thinks of her as unimportant and yes. now knowing what i know i'm like wow you were wrong <laughs> <laughs> that is um taja's power that's taja's gift is that um she always was really really good about not being thought about um that that she wouldn't be planning you wouldn't be taking her into account um even though you really should have been taking her into account because she's 
objectively the scariest of yeah she arguably (laughs) maybe has one of the coolest power sets of the immortals right yeah Yeah. because because how how do you really um you know fight that obviously you can fight that but um because you can overwhelm it but um if you aren't you know throwing armies at her um how do you fight luck Mm -hmm. and and talia was the perfect person (laughs) to replace her from that point of view um that that she she's one side of the coin you know so um and and no i didn't always plan that (laughs) I, i i did not always plan that um i i realized there's certain things that um that have happened in the books as they as they progress that have been me realizing i was about to make like a classic blunder mm-hmm. right like um javon happened because i realized i was literally fridging kane's wife right like she was going to have died off screen in the cold <laughs> um i never thought of that to further Ajin Kane's man pain, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. she, the classic fridge kind of thing. And I was like, okay, so why don't I just give all the stuff that I was originally going to give Ajin Kane to her instead? And, um, and okay, yeah, sure. She, she got killed. That doesn't necessarily mean much <laughs> in my world. Yeah. So, Let's let's have her be running around like Gadrith as one of the um, you know one of Grimward's creations, and um, and she can be um, she can be the the person who Janelle mentors with and learns all this stuff from, um, and that worked out way better. Yeah, and then of course Javon herself kind of went well. I'm I'd seen no reason to stay in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah. she's um, also one of our favorite characters. I, she, and, yeah. I, and her step, her stepping out scene was like the anti-prom of my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, you thought you'd killed me? Never mind. <laughs> that was that was definitely. Um, I think I was really glad the way I was able to end the series and how I was able to end the series with her, because. Um, uh yeah i i I liked her i didn't want her -hmm. her to go away Mm -hmm. um fortunately i didn't have to have her go away yeah and and i wanted to end it on a little bit of a they don't know everything Mm -hmm. note Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you know the idea that um that relisvar was was really just playing with forces he did not understand um he thought he did because he was always the smartest man in any room. Just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that he, he got all of it wrong. You know, he, he got the dragons wrong, but he got the guardians wrong too. You know, um, he, he didn't really understand what he'd made. So. Which, uh, which guardian would you choose to be just to continue this? Oh, oof. that's, that's tough. Um, Cause there's a lot of them that are, that are fun in different ways. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, I think Taja would be fun. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think Corrid would be terribly satisfying. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Thane, love Thane. Thane was actually not Thane, but Commander, first character for this series I created. Oh, wow. When I was 15. <laughs> when I was 15. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, just um, a bunch of them. I think uh, it's probably going to be Thane. Yeah. <laughs> she gets, she has elephants. So that's a plus. Yeah. She has yeah. elephants. Yeah. And as an author, you do have ultimate control over life and death. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do decide who lives and who dies. <laughs> I, I make I make comments about, um, you know, oh, I've tried to kill off, you know, talent and failed and, and all of that. But I, I could have if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's just that whenever I make a plan and it comes up with some sort of resistance from the plot mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, well, that's actually cool. I let it slide. Nice. It's cool. So I appreciated, um, you know, Anne Lear killing Talon and then Talon effectively going, nope, remember, I have a get out of jail free card. It's like, crap, she does have a get out of jail free card. Oh my God. So very Talon too. (laughs) Yep. So, uh, and uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I mean, this is this is why this is why writers return to series after they're done. It's because you 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 get you become so fond of the characters, you know. Um, you're just like I don't completely want them to go away yet. Speaking of uh, favorite characters, it's like such a shows how great the the book within a book and the footnotes are that when you open Discord of Gods for the first time and you see the footnotes that are both. Thurishar and Sanare, you're like, ah, it's both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it, obviously, that in itself is a little bit of a spoiler um, because, mm-hmm. you know, it means that um, in all likelihood they will survive. I mean, that's not necessarily yeah. true because I'm tricky like that. But, yeah, but I, I never um, took that as a like foregone conclusion right. that they were both going to make it through. Yeah. In fact, I thought the opposite. I thought I was like, <laughs> they wrote all of this right before the big battle, and then one of them dies, and I'm going to cry forever. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Senere came pretty close. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I knew. So Senere, um really came about in book two. And as soon as she sort of cemented herself as a character, I knew how that was going to go, that 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 was going to be this um, great asexual romance through the book um, series until at the very end, you were going to have them writing these two things together and, you know, making promises to steal libraries and stuff. Um, (laughs) That's the dream. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah because because yeah yeah they i think that um you know uh that that is absolutely uh that was how i wa- always wanted that and i was really happy with it so the, the fact that she says that she loves thurbishar for the first time in a footnote mm-hmm. is perfect right it's yeah perfect. yeah because yeah. because of course that was gonna be yeah and then he's like she- what <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, you know, it was really funny. I didn't expect people to like Senere as much as they do. It's kind of like, I didn't expect people to like Talon as much as they do. A uh, Talon in particular, I was like, she's, she's a cannibal right. <laughs> and she's super cray cray. Yeah. Um, really? But she's sassy. <laughs> she's so but she's sassy. Yes. But I, but I realized that the first time I have Senere say anything or introduce Senere is uh, in a footnote in book two. And she's, it's, it's when she makes the comment and asks Rolosvar if he could resurrect Darzan so she could kill him again. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that probably endeared her immediately to everyone. I think that's what, even when she switches sides, she doesn't suddenly become, like, nice, white hat, Mm. good guy all of a sudden. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it was really important that she maintain a certain base level of bitch, um, you know, because that was not going to be how she, (laughs) she, she's always going to be, you know, very, um, uh, tightly wound and snappy and, and, and brittle. So that wasn't going to change just because she, uh, and she's going to be, she's going to stay angry about it. Like she's, she's never going to forgive Relisvar for, you know, putting her in a situation where she could be that wrong. She's got some stuff to work through. Yeah. But she loves her dog. So it balances out. Oh yeah. She, she does love rebel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, best dog. Was that, was that intentional? Uh, to to give her a an early sort of entree to the the good guys, um, that that was me deliberately playing with uh, a trope. Mm. So you know the um, it, it's a, an established it's established trope that if you hurt an animal, you're a bad guy. You're going to be a bad guy. And conversely, if you save an animal early on, you must not actually be a bad guy. So my decision to have her save this puppy when literally she is killing thousands (laughs) of people around her was both me kind of laughing at that trope Mm -hmm. and also knowing that trope would still succeed like there were there were going to be people who would be like nope she saved the dog <laughs> she's she's good yeah, yeah. In, book, in book three there's like a a, a bar patron that, like even just it it described as like they didn't even get the motion of kicking the dog before saturday I... broke all the bones in his hand and yeah yeah bro i think she breaks his knees first but Mm. um (laughs) but but yeah don't don't mess with her dog she's very um she's very particular about that i i really actually like i don't want to say suffered but um i i really really uh wanted to have rebel in um book four but I realized there's just no way that that she was going to bring a dog into that. She's just like, Mm-mm, nope, nope, yeah. dog can't come. Yep. She's with sitters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really would love like the 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 angle on this. It's just the dog sitters, just some couple <laughs> on a farm, kind of mild, being like, "Oh, yeah. a lot of dragons today." <laughs> Yeah, what's what's going on? With Exchanging letters yeah. with the draft, like what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they never really got into like just like how superpowered Rebel was either. <laughs> <laughs> like Senere basically like 
painted every glyph she could come up nice. with to to amp up this dog <laughs> on on this dog. So, I mean, even if she hadn't, even if Senator hadn't been in there at that bar, and that guy had like managed to kick the dog, it no, wouldn't have yeah. worked would out well. well. <laughs> no, no. Um, and Neville's really... capable of like ripping doors off of inches and yes. stuff. She's not... <laughs> yeah, she's she's actually kind of dangerous nice. you certainly see how god kings get started like in the beginning <laughs> of of book two i was very much like who would base an entire society on horses and by the end of it and by the end of every book i was like oh i see yes. <laughs> yeah yeah because you, you know like you just you get a theme and you go okay i'm just gonna keep doing the theme and like it would be really cool if you know i mean in in corsal's case he's like wouldn't it be really cool if horses were better <laughs> I, I mean if, if horses yeah. didn't get colic and die if you stare at them wrong if horses don't need to be chewed constantly if horses you know like oh, if horses could throw up yeah, right if horses could throw up if horses could you know do all the things that right now are a problem for horses and will kill a horse you know and and he just started playing with the horses um which is which is why all the horses in Coor because I mean, pretty much Atron invaded for the horses. Um, <laughs> so um, I, you get rid of a God King too, but the horses, um, all the all of the Coros horses, horses by this point are all originally from Georgie stock because um, they're they're just hardier. Um, and it just it got out of hand. It just got out of hand. You, know? <laughs> you turn around, and you've you've got um, you've got hyper intelligent you know <laughs> horses and you've got you know centaurs and you've got all sorts of stuff but... you, gotta, you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was a um, great moment in book two and it goes back to like what we talked about with Velasvar looking down on people when it was revealed that firebloods can be mages mm, and yeah. center is yeah. like why didn't we ever think of this before and it's like well because well as far probably it's... looked at them as horses and mm-hmm. right yeah because they're they looks like a horse, yeah. mm-hmm. so you know, um, even though they're not horses, um, which follow that one to its conclusion, um, and that's awful, um, really, really corsal, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can see why they they got rid of them. I mean, you know, they, why wouldn't they be able to use magic? Um, everybody else can. So, but yeah, no, it, it, it's it's all part of like this sort of little underground thing in Jorat, you know, where you, you didn't realize that the the horses are not quite running everything, but you didn't realize that a stallion could be genetically female mm. or gendered female. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean that was that was also part of my um you know uh I don't think I've actually had anybody write me and like try to set me straight on mares and stallions and actual horse herds um which is good because i'm like yeah i'm aware i'm aware (laughs) in actual in actual horse herds mares are the the people in charge are the the, you know stallions are running around protecting stuff but mares are like we're gonna go this way now you had that line i remember that line yeah Yeah, yeah. says that to dorna and dorna yells that's not the point (laughs) yeah that's not the point um because that's that was uh and that's probably why i didn't have anybody yeah. is because i handled that one no horse reply um, guys yeah 
I don't know if you're aware of this, you probably are aware of this, that the um, the the horse loving contingent of the fantasy of fantasy readers and writers for that matter is is very vocal and very um very it, it's it's the equivalent in fantasy to um to guns in mystery okay. book, in mystery yeah. books okay? uh. if if you're going to write a mystery or a suspense or political or whatever and you're going to talk about guns you better get it right mm-hmm. because you're going to have readers who know right yeah who who absolutely know how this is supposed to work and it's the same with horses if you if you do stuff with horses you are going to if you do not have your facts your your story straight if you do not understand how horses actually work there will be people who will let you know um they will be very emphatic about letting you know and despite the fact that i um I, I worked at a horse track for almost a decade. Um, I, I'm not like a horseback rider. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I knew enough to be dangerous. I had to do a lot of research. Well, I don't think anybody here is a horse person. No. So no. And we're certainly not uh boat people. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, that was I, I remember uh, a lot. A lot of the description of the misery was based off of um, the Star of India in San Diego, and I remember going in there and looking around and just being like, "You you can't lie down in this. What do you mean this is a bed? <laughs> you you can't. I can't lie down in this. I'm not a tall person. I can't lie down in this. Who could lie down in this? This idea that everything on, on chips are just so much smaller than we." give it credit for <laughs> i'm very grateful that they got off that ship yeah it gave me claustrophobia yeah, yeah. um I, as as well it should have mm, i mean you know it's place. horrible yeah. the the whole um i didn't invent that whole thing with the tween decks that mm. that is mm-hmm. actually how um black slaves were taken to the americas and it that is absolutely the most horrifying thing um you know uh yeah so i think that i think that brings us to the the big theme of these novels and um we'll also wrap up now because we've taken a lot of your time we appreciate it that you know the empire of course is horrible and you're you're not shy about the colonialism about the imperialism um but it's it's sort of destroyed um but not quite and you know, do you think that there's hope that things can really change for the better? Um, or is it more like, take what you can get? Well, um, I I kind of took an eye to um, not just the Roman Empire, although the Roman Empire, definitely, but also um, a lot of things in Kur, um were roughly modeled off of Babylonian and Akkadian stuff. Uh, and history. I have very and, deliberately and- not asked you about all the Sumerian stuff so (laughs) and in in all of these cases like empires don't fall overnight Mm. that that just isn't a thing that happens there isn't a there isn't a sweeping you know it's gonna just it goes in stages and there's usually a point where there is a catastrophic something that happens that is a, a a watershed moment and after that things just are never quite the same and there will be ups and there will be downs 
Um, certainly, uh, there are an awful lot of people that I'm very fond of as characters who really, really would like to um, change core and would like to um, have it stop being an empire. Um, that said, uh, you cannot force uh, a nation to change politically if they haven't made themselves ready for it socially. And an awful lot of Kur isn't. You know, um, they've been purposefully kept uneducated. They've been purposefully kept poor. Um, there's a lot of areas in the empire that just aren't really, I mean, sure, you're having food riots happening in the capital, right. but that's not the same as, you know, having a French Revolution style manning the barricades and um, demanding democracy. You know, I think it'll eventually get okay. It might, it might take a little while and it might be rocky. Um, you know, certainly uh, there are an awful lot of people who have a vested interest in trying to salvage the, um, author uh, the authoritarianism of the empire. So um, they're just really lucky that they don't have any hugely malicious neighbors who... Mm. Tyenso took care of that. Yeah. Right. Like if nothing else, yeah. she she took care of the Morgagi issue. Because yeah. Um, yeah, the Morgagi are to be a deliriously happy in the Calma Swamp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that for them. Yeah. 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 They deserve a break. That was right. that was like, like it, geopolitically adorable. I don't yeah. know how, but it was great. <laughs> well, just because it was like it was one of those things of like, oh wait this is the perfect thing for yeah. you. And mm. we literally hate this place. <laughs> <laughs> so, so your idea of paradise, our idea of hell, I think we can come up with an accommodation. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, is that all you wanted? Okay, cool. Let's, let's just move everybody <laughs> over here. Um, Cause no, nobody is going to be able to live in, um, in the blight. Mm -hmm. Um and and the the Vani don't care. The Vani just want ah. <laughs> the Vani don't want to invade. Yeah. They they just don't give a shit. So um, you know, unless Zarius decides that they're gonna start raising an army and and a navy, I should say, and start going in. Um, there's a there's a whole other continent now that's eventually gonna like defrost and yes yeah. yes um nithral and uh defrost and cause all kinds of problems mm -hmm. because you want to talk about water rising um <laughs> oh. So well oh oh and the weather patterns right yeah. like the literally jorat's weather patterns cannot exist without Nithral being frozen. So, so as soon as that melts, Jorat becomes a completely different, uh, a different environment, a uh -uh. different biome, different climate, um, and, and a lot less wet. That's going to be a problem. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, either they get really good at irrigation really fast or, um, you know, they make giant seahorses. <laughs> uh, you know just like um 
the whole thing, like what I was just talking about, you know, what happens in a couple hundred years when the Coma Swamp isn't a swamp anymore mm-hmm. because of climate change? Um, you know, what happens when Maricor isn't the breadbasket of Kur because it doesn't have the rainfall? Because that whole area basically becomes like the Middle East. How does the sun becoming yellow again, Mm. how will that affect it? It doesn't. Okay. Um, So, so the deal with that was that, um, was that Ty's veil basically corrected. Okay. Okay. So that, um, so that everybody on the planet could stay alive because the sun was bigger and thus closer and thus everything was warmer had the veil not been there, um, it would have been catastrophic. Um, everyone would have died. Uh, so now that it's back to normal and the veil is gone, yay! Um, it goes back to basically having uh, blue skies, a yellow sun, and and everything looks looks normal again. So, thank you. Well, okay. that yeah. is, 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 is there anything else that you have a burning desire to talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Oh, gosh. Um, probably, but <laughs> fair. fair. Um, I mean, it, it, there is a lot. Ha- a lot happens. Mm-hmm. It's a big book. Yeah. It's a big series. There's, there's a lot of stuff that happens. I, I pretty much, you know, uh, I will admit I am one of those people who over world build. No such thing. No. Um, yeah, I and, would say world build. Um, <laughs> I the, so the the new book I'm working on, right, which isn't set on Omfer, it's set on a completely different world. I was laughing about it because uh, it functionally creating the world and doing the early work of it, um, there would have been no difference between me doing this for a science fiction setting versus for a fantasy setting. I'm still doing all of the math about the size of the the star versus the orbit versus the, you know, what's the gravity versus the atmospheric pressure and what's all of this stuff. And a friend of mine just looked at me and was like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why are you doing this? Um, you know, because they were fully aware that I took, you know, weeks to do this. And I said, because to me, plot doesn't create the world, the world creates the plot. And I think that's actually very obvious with my writing, um, that, that what I tend to do is create these situations, create these societies and then say, okay, you know, um, it's like having Barbies and going, okay, now kiss. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's how, how are these groups going to react with each other? You know? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Of course these guys are going to keep invading each other over and over again. Or of course, you know, this is going to happen. Um, of course this will be a problem. Um, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a similar thing, you know? So I, started off not really knowing what I was going to write, except that it was going to involve more dragons. And this time I wanted them to be dragons that had a dragon, dragon writer relationship. Um, But I wanted, I kind of set out from the beginning. I said, well, how does that relationship change if the dragons are fully sentient? Mm -hmm. You know, um, because it changes a lot. Um, you know, suddenly you have uh, a society where dragons aren't pets. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, they're not 
really, really large. I mean, usually they're treated as either really large semi-intelligent horses or dogs or something like that with wings um, that, that you're flying around and that are super loyal. And it's like, well, if they're, if they're very sentient and you're still having this bond that happens with between a human and a dragon, well, isn't that kind of like a, a really early arranged marriage? what what happens if you don't get along what who Mm. who has all the rights in the relationship who who is the checking account based (laughs) you know set up to um is there is there divorce if there isn't divorce and there's no divorce what does that do you know and so that automatically created tension and and then a story came out of that, <laughs> um, you know, with a main character who um, had deliberately walked away from from her opportunity to be a dragon rider, you know, had the chance to be a dragon rider and went, nope, not going to do that um, because I don't want to tie myself to another entity for the rest of my life um, in this sort of you can't get out of it relationship. Um, and and then you know stuff happens. Um, yeah. She she kind of gets dragged back into that world. But I think that is the advantage of of that sort of thing of of overworld building quote overworld building. Like, again, I agree with you. I think there's no such thing as well. But uh, there are a lot of people who do not agree with me, and I do not think they're wrong for them. They're just wrong for me. Right. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Everyone's different. Yeah. 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 Uh, but when you do it this way, I, I think this is, um, you know, while I, there's a lot of things I don't agree with Stephen King on. Um, and I always, uh, always laughed the first time I ever read on writing because, um, I remember him, you know, basically saying no outlines, you know, outlines are terrible, like, and three pages later talking about the 40 page summary he wrote for Carrie (laughs) (laughs) before he sat down to write the book. I'm like, Steven, that's an outline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know how to break this to you, (laughs) Uh, but you know, so he would talk about, uh, you know, the, the pantsing being a process of discovery and, you know, digging in the garden or or archeology span metaphors, trying to uncover these things. And I think I don't necessarily do that with, the plot and the book writing itself, but I do that with the world building. That makes sense. That's that's where. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, not just for joining us here today, but for writing these incredible books that have been a, a really wonderful journey for us. I can't wait for people to read the discord of gods. And uh, yeah, if, if people want to, you know, other than reading the books that we just spent two hours talking about, if people want to find you on the internet, keep up with your work, where should they go? So on Twitter, it's Jen Lyons author, I'll basically squish together because it's Twitter. Uh, then on Instagram, it's uh, Jen Lyons and Tigers. Then uh, www.jenlyons.com. Um, I, I promise I'm actually going to start trying to update that. Mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook too. Just search for Jen Lyons. So. Okay. Amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah. Christina, Josh, is there anything else we want to close out on? 
we are just so appreciative yeah, um, th- for your time. They, and if you do think of things that you would, you know, like to say, and you're like, oh, no, I didn't explain literally everything about Tarath, we want to hear it. Yeah. So yeah. please, you know, uh, we love your worlds. We love your books. And we just appreciate you so much. So thank well, you for joining well, us. Thank you. Um, actually, I thought it was something. Yeah. <laughs> please. Oh, my God. Yes. Postscript. Which is... Because you get you get favorite moments, obviously, of writing a book like this, and there's there's a lot of them as you go along. Um, for me, it was being able to bring Jareth back. Aww. Oh, um, so, yes. Because oh, nice. I mean, I I knew like, oh god, the number of people who wrote me at the end of the first book, and were like, how could how could you do that to Jareth? <laughs> How could you do that to Jareth? And I'm like, I know what I'm going to do with Jareth. I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you what I'm doing, but it's 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 going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, yeah, uh, you know, um, that's just again part of the ever changing stuff. Stuff. Some stuff you plan, and some stuff you change. Um, you know, Gallon was um, originally not. Uh, nearly as cool as he became <laughs> um and um it, it occurred to me that that teenagers grow up and i should probably do something with that um and then, uh and uh um especially gallon and shalorn that um, was a beautiful so good beautiful relationship yeah. i love shalorn um, yeah i i do too yeah. and i didn't originally like i originally um she was much more of a cliche um, originally, and and she is in book one, really. Um, the the fact that I kind of um, kind of go, oh no 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 no, that that's, that's not how that went. Um, I I think uh, I mean it's one of the advantages of the way I'm writing, yay unreliable narration. But um, <laughs> but it it is because in part, um, Shaloran became better Extremely as cool. as the story went, um, and and she you know I I just I thought it was. Wouldn't it be nice if instead of the whole unhappily yeah. married uh, gay couple, you you had like best platonic life yeah. partners? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they are very cute together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and they they love each other. Yeah. They absolutely love each other. They just don't love each other like that. Mm. So you know, thus you have Shalorn egging Galen on. So good. <laughs> um and uh and in some day you know okay that that's this thing i i i will admit i'm not above like being like a little matchmaker as a writer just like, <laughs> someday i'm gonna have these two get together and, yeah yeah so, that's one great thing about the ending is that the the thruple gets to stay yay. the thruple with karen yeah. and therese and janelle yeah. Yeah. yeah that was that was uh the, the first book had just come out I know we're we're done, but the no, first no, book no. Had, the first, first book had just come out, and um, I think I was on Tumblr. Somebody had said, um, "What I really want to see, what I really want to see." Actually, no, it hadn't come out yet. That was it. First book hadn't come out yet. What I really want to see is somebody write one of these damn books where the the woman has to choose between two men and just slaps them both and says say i would you please just 
deal with this unresolved sexual tension between the two of you. I'm out. (laughs) And and I was like, I'm writing that. that." (laughs) I mean, she's she's not going to completely out because, you know, she she wants both of them. But um, but it's certainly not going to be like the typical she who is she going to pick? And I, I had somebody yell at me. I think you could still find it on Goodreads. Um, somebody somebody yelled at me at the end of uh, The Name of All Things that I had taken this beautiful, perfect, pure relationship oh, no. between Kieran and Therese and turned <laughs> it into who is Janelle going to choose. Mm. And and I was just like, oh my, and I didn't see it for like five months after the person had posted it. Like Goodreads just didn't notify me that there anybody had put that up you know, in the questions thing. And I was like, oh God, I, I really, by that time, the third book was, I was going to say, like, I, I really, <laughs> hope, almost out, I yeah. really hope you went on to read the yeah. third book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you went on to read the third book, you would know I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was really important to me that the, the throuple stay mm-hmm. together. So it just, it's just lovely to see so many iterations of what a, a a relationship can look like, you know, you have romantic asexuality and, and platonic life partners and also extremely horny throuple and just like (gasps) established marriages that are like very comfortable and established marriages that are frankly a nightmare. So like, it just, it was nice to see the full, the full experience of humanity in a five book series. It was just like, how did you fit all that in there? I I I just you know um I people are contain multitudes and you know it's it's um I, I it's a I guess it's a write what you know thing right like um you know in I was a theater nerd and I was you know um you know did a lot of like I, I hung out with a lot of people that were a broad spectrum you know, that you, you had the full range of sexualities. And so the idea that I wouldn't include that, that everybody would just be heterosexual was, was weird and would have felt fake um, because it wasn't, it wasn't what I know. Um, Yeah. That it just, it would have, it would have felt really wrong to me. So I'm, I'm very happy that I've been able to include you know, um, all of the the characters I did, you know, um, Dorna being trans was a surprise to me, but she let me know. She's not shy. And no, no, she's not shy. <laughs> um, and, you know, just, just a lot of different uh, varieties. Um, yeah. By the way, on your prediction thing, did you ever guess Dorna? Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> I think we were O for whatever we. I don't think we guessed any of them, right? Did we? I don't, I don't think, think so. Did. I don't yeah. think so. Because yeah, I remember you said you you were curious which which one was going to be um for uh you know for the goddess of nature, and I was like, yeah, no, we didn't even get close. In I, retrospect, it was so obvious. Every yeah. single then, one of them was so obvious in retrospect, right. and I was like, how did we not? <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of ways it could have gone there was a lot like thurvishar qualified for half that's the group. true yeah. yeah you know like thurvishar could have been like a whole 
who do you want? Yeah. You know, who do you want to be? Cause he, he was just like so many of them, but, um, but there was a couple of them, you know, like I knew nobody was going to get gallon because mm. people weren't thinking about the fact that there is still a sun God. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So anyway, <laughs> that's just probably, you know. I, I, we, I can safely say that we would love to have you on again to continue talking about this one day. So we'll, we'll save some stuff for next time. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, when the when I have the next book ready, uh, hopefully you guys will love that too. So I, I think we can I'm safely sure. say that we yeah, will. Yeah. yeah, I think that um, you're very enthusiastically, rapidly, even looking forward to yeah. it. So I, I've been describing it as as like The Witcher meets The Hobbit wow. by way of Dragon by, by so... way <laughs> by way of Dragon Riders of Pern. So <laughs> yes, well, those are three completely different books. So I'm even more excited that is exciting <laughs> yeah um let's let's just say that like the, the the character i mentioned earlier she get part of what she gets pulled back is to to commit a robbery yes to, 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 to rob a dragon horde yes, so. yes. <laughs> for one last job <laughs> which wouldn't be a problem except she didn't do the first job in the first place so yeah whoops that will do it. <laughs> okay well yeah we're absolutely looking forward and Josh is a, a huge token aficionado. I've read a yes. thesis on it, so yes. thank you. Yeah. I, I I appreciate that. Um, you know, my uh last year's birthday present to my husband was a first edition copy of the Cimmerillion. Ooh, that sounds that's so cool. Because uh, <laughs> he's because that's his thing. Nice. His, his Tolkien's definitely his thing. All right. Okay, well, awesome. Thank well, you thank you again. again. Thank yeah. you so much. It was a and pleasure being here. Hey. Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.